millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode 170. <laughs> 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 this week, Lennon leaves it late at Dens as Edward sends us 10 points clear. Next up, it's the Huns at Parkhead. We've got Aberdeen in the cup and we chat a bit about Ronnie Dyla and Martin O'Neill. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tims. Hello and welcome to episode 173 of 20 Minute Tims. I am joined this week by Stephen. Bonjour. And Melly. Do you know any French, Melly? Aloha. <laughs> oh, good enough for me. Uh, Celtic v Dundee. Snooze fest. Well, I said last week that the Aberdeen game was one of the worst games I've seen for a long time. It was like, Dundee, hold my beer. <laughs> it was absolutely dreadful, man. It was a great win to get, though, because when you think about that, they were seconds away from, yet again, letting Rangers sort of back into the title race, and that just would have been unforgivable. Watching, Two nothing each draws in a row. I was watching that game just sitting there, like, fizzing, just like, this is fucking <laughs> terrible, fucking late. And, and anyway, do you know what wasn't boring, if I do say so myself? Getting to talk to Ronnie Dyler. Oh yeah, of course. That was rick- that was right good for me. Was I nervous? Yes, I was nervous. <laughs> was I speaking like a schoolboy on my best behaviour? Yes, I was speaking like a schoolboy on my best behaviour. I'm of course talking about the Ronnie Dyler interview that we had on the Patreon for the patrons. Did you did you guys listen to it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was. Of course. I wasn't on it, so I I found it uh, the same time as the listeners did. It was it was excellent stuff. Quite a lot of interesting insights from his time here. What did you think, Melly? What did you make of Ronnie Dyla's time at Celtic when you, as a wee retrospective, looking back after hearing the podcast? Could, same as probably a look back on Brendan Rodgers, could have been so much better if things had been done properly, if he could have done things a bit more different, if he was the man he is now he was, that he was back then. He certainly, Stephen, talks a good management game and he admitted himself that maybe them being the manager, managing the player side of things, let him down. Do you, is that how you, you would look at it? Do you yeah. think he was quite honest? Yeah, I'd, to be honest, I haven't changed my mind on that from having listened to him. That's kind of what I thought all along of Ronnie Dyla's reign. I think most managers talk a good game, but mm-hmm. in fairness, Ronnie Dyla is a quite compelling listen. I'm not just saying that because we, we had him on. It was it, it was interesting and I, I sat really engaged with what he was saying. I don't feel any differently about his, his time here. I think it was, as Melly said, it could have been an awful lot better. Some very interesting things came up though, mainly about the, the diet that yeah, he was talking about yeah. where you know Charlie Mulgrew threw him under the bus and said that they couldn't deal with the diet um, because it was low carb, it was you know the weight was falling off him but they couldn't run. But he said 
that he wasn't really interested in how people did it. He yes. just wanted people to lose weight. I he, thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. He says, you know, there's the goal and there's the process. But it, yeah, he wasn't it, interested yeah. in the process. If you do low carb or high fat or if you do it with salads, yeah, yeah. he says it doesn't bother me just as long as you're doing it. <laughs> the implication being he wasn't doing it. Yeah, one other thing he talked about as well, you asked him about Virgil van Dijk and how good he was. Could you see how good he was going to be? And he, he said that he was quite often quite quite lazy. Here and I'm wondering if that's maybe the, the answer to a lot of people say, you know, why weren't big teams taking a chance on him when he was at Scotland? Mm. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Because psychological indicators are a big part of scouting. If they see him no trying up here, they might think he's lazy. They were obviously wrong. They were obviously yeah. wrong to, to judge him on that, but it's probably an insight as to why he was overlooked. I remember he's one of his former coaches was interviewed as well and he said the same thing. He didn't apply himself enough mm. in training and that's why it took him a wee bit longer to develop right. into the player he was. So I think it's something that's followed him for most of his career. It was a, the most interesting takeaway for me was when I asked him sort of what went wrong. Mm. Yeah. Um, without, going, without doing spoilers, guys. <laughs> um, just the introduction of players that weren't right for the group mentally. Aye, well, aye, yeah. I could rain them off... Uh, Aye. I was I was surprised to hear that Big Z didn't work out. <laughs> is what I'm getting yeah. at. Anyway, if that, that was the Ronnie Dial interview, we had him. If you didn't know, we had him on the Patreon podcast. If that interests you, you probably know what Patreon is by now. You can check it out at Patreon.com/slash Twenty Minute Tims. But forget all that. Let's talk right here, right now. Let's talk from Ronnie Dialer to Neil Lennon. Going back the way. Going back the way. Go back to go forward. Um, I mean that was that was a tough watch. It was. I was watching it, and I was actually getting to the point where I was clock watching and thinking, "What time songs of praise on it?" <laughs> Is songs of praise still on? I don't know. I just I need a bit of adrenaline here. I need something <laughs> a bit more excitement. Is heartbeat still running on a Sunday night? <laughs> I am. I, I was obviously I was following the game and tweeting about it, and like everyone was losing losing their rag in the first half, and I was like. This first half isn't actually that bad. We've mm. created a lot of chances in the first half, but by the second half. I was, I was, every misplaced past, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's, it's the stress of it all. Yeah, uh, indeed. And it would just, Celtic look a bit bereft of ideas at the moment in an attacking sense. And it, it kind of put, put me in mind of something you said one or two weeks ago, maybe. Uh, I can't remember. Well, the podcast blend into one. I'm sure the listeners are nodding in agreement <laughs> with that. But, uh, something you said would you just said, right, let's just get this season over with now. Let's yeah. just get the league in the bag as soon as possible and get, let's, bite down in the mouth guard here and just start punching with our eyes closed and let's see this out. <laughs> Swinging. Win- <laughs> let's start windmilling our way out of this mess. Really. It was just disjointed again. It was slack passing time after time. It just seemed to me like we were forcing things and I hate to put this on Neil Lennon because it is a small sample size but that's four games now. The first two Maybe not to do with him, but the last two have been dreadful to watch. Yeah. Really poor. The passing's been slack. We haven't kept control of the ball. I feel like we keep putting these balls into the box just so it's going into the mixer, as the commentator said, instead of holding on to the ball, recycling possession and tiring teams out. Every time we put the ball into the box, it gets cleared or goes out for a throw-in or a goal kick, and that gives the other team time to settle, time to get into the game, time to get their breath back. Whereas before, if we kept possession the whole time, their brains had to be engaged the whole yeah. time, moving about, we're moving teams over, we're just not doing that now. The amount of aimless balls into the box, it's just, it's just terrible to watch, and it just lets teams get into the game 
instead of us having complete control over it and it just looked sloppy to me. That's a point. There are things you can blame Neil Lennon for and things you can't because, yeah, the easy thing is to say, they'll look at that game and say, well, this is Neil Lennon's fault. You know, yeah. the, the, two, the two boring games we've had are due to Neil Lennon's tactics. Yes and no. Uh, there are certain things you can look at and say, well, Lennon has clearly introduced that because it wasn't happened weeks ago. These yeah. aimless balls, Scott Brown in particular, just chipping balls into the box to absolutely nobody and they're being cleared. But at the same time, Neil Lennon isn't telling James Forrest to run the ball at the pitch. He's not telling them to misplace passes. He, there's, he, there's only so much control he can have over a game once they've, you know, the old cliche, once they've crossed that white line, he's not sitting there with a control pad. So there are certain things you can identify and think, mm, we could be doing better there, but it's not all at Neil Lennon's door. Even even the aimless balls in the box, after the match, Neil Lennon himself was saying, you know, we need to try and, we need to try and cut these out. Yeah. We need to be yeah, more yeah. incisive with our final ball. The, the Scottish teams are built for that. That's what two big centre halves yeah. have just made. I think they played three at the back like yesterday, five at the back. But it's just built for that, just to head away balls. And it's not as if Edward's the biggest powerhouse, is he? He's not going to be winning that. So it's just wasting possession. And the one, well, when we finally did get the goal, it was a bit of incisive play mm. rather than just a hopeful ball in. There was actual bit of thought to it rather than anything else. I thought the goal itself actually was. Quite reminiscent of the winner against Hearts that Scott Brown eventually found a really good ball for, but the the build up to it was actually quite sloppy because James Forrest gave the ball away. Mm. He just Simple tried, pass. yeah, tried a really terrible pass. It was cut out, and fair play to Scott Brown for spotting that. He won the ball back immediately and then restarted the move. So, I, I thought, yeah, that that was a little bit sloppy. The goal was great though. You know, oh, all, all, all of a cut back and a tap in. Fenian time, we'll call it. It was it was difficult watching the game. It was, well, it was difficult watching the game, but what was encouraging me was that Neil Lennon was trying different things. I think we must have, you'll be able to know better than me, I think we had about four or five different formations yeah. by the, the time the game finished. He was chopping and changing and trying to find something that was working. What did you make of the, the substitutions, though? Because some of them were, I thought, well, we can start with the lineup. The lineup, Mikey Johnson, I like the guy. I think he's going to be a really good player. I just don't think this is the right... I said it last week, I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't right. think this is the right time to be playing mm. the guy. I Come think, on a half-time against Aberdeen, yeah. Yeah, I think you need your... It's hard to say tried and tested because he is a good player, but I just think Ollie Burke, I don't know if he did have an injury or what, but I think he should have been playing there. He offers more more physical as well. Just Mikey, Mikey Johnson again, passed him by again. Yeah. He but, found himself with his back to goal quite a lot, Mikey Johnson, which really doesn't suit the boy. Uh, McGregor slotted back in, no Beto and no Boyata, so we are really light in certain positions. Yeah. It's just, I think the midfield still just disjointed. I don't like Forrest in the number 10 position, but we don't really have many options. Is Ryan Christie injured? Yeah, but no, we're certainly not light in wingers and fullbacks, though, because it was six of them in total <laughs> on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, the Mikey Johnson thing. He's not ready yet. I mean, he looks a really talented and useful player, but he's not ready for, for this. It would suit him, I think, to go out on loan, maybe for a bit next season. But the, the truth is, can't really afford that this season. We're, yeah. We are kind of light in certain areas. But he had those that couple of really great games in December. I think he scored two and three, uh, three and two rather, and then started the Rangers game. But ever since then, he's, he's kind of looked a, a little bit lost. Did you think it was surprising to see Hayes come on for him? Yeah, I thought it was. <laughs> When we're looking at the sub coming on, you've got Wea Bayo and then Johnny Hayes is coming on. It didn't lift me, so I don't know if it would lift the fans at the stadium. We, we, 
rarely seen him and when we have it's more been at left back so I don't see why hmm. Johnny Hayes is going to come on and make the difference I just don't see it but I thought he did already. when he gets switched over at the left yeah. hand side he did really well he was getting in behind he was penetrating he was one of our better players but when he came on on the right hand side I just I just don't see it No What do you just think of uh, Kieran Tierney's performance it, it looks like he's still toiling Yeah I don't think he's up to, to full speed after he's injured at all he had a couple of really wild shots other than that, I thought he was. I thought he was okay. The defence, when I saw it, three fullbacks plus Christopher Ayer, I, I didn't really fill me with hope because you look at Dundee, right? They're not going to have much of the ball. They're not going to really attack much, but they still have that pain in the ass. Kenny Miller yes. lurking about there. I thought he's going to cause bother, and he did. In fairness, but the the back four in general, I thought. Right, Lustig get sent a half. I'm not particularly keen on that either. Does, does that make Comper eighth choice? <laughs> something like that, yeah. I was certainly behind Lustig and beat on now yep. for a centre half. Where does it leave Jack Henry? Seventh. Oh well, yeah, seventh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're they're both they're battling hard for that seventh and eighth spot. Lustig, I thought it didn't do anything particularly no, wrong. I thought it no. did look kind of shaky at the back at times, but it wasn't particularly Lustig's fault. I didn't think there was one point where the in the first half where I think it was the chance Scott Wright had where mm. Lustig sort of stopped. Instead of going to the right. ball, he stumbled, stopped, and it just let them get away. It was just one of those things where you know, like, you're just past it, mate. But he did, he did, he did all right. In the, in, the, in the most polite way yes. possible, with mate. respect, <laughs> you're past it, mate. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like top million Talladega night. As long as you say with all due respect before it, you can see whatever you like. The Warburton Classic, all due respect, they need power someday. Yeah. <laughs> with all due respect, Lustig, you're past it. Um, how did you think Dundee approached the game? I thought they were. Very, very rough. I thought the referee, especially in the first half, done a pretty poor job of protecting Celtic's players. Same, same as every week. Just like going to book somebody, going to yeah. stamp yeah. it out from the start, but he doesn't, and they just divvy the fouls up between them. We say it time and time yeah. again, and nothing gets done about it. You just see players rolling about all over the place. Come on, it's no good to watch either when you're sitting there. Stephen, do you think the, ref- the referees in Scotland have got a responsibility to protect the players and actually let more football be played? No, you know, enhance course. the product in, in a wee bit? In an ideal world, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, if we had, if we had a, a roster of competent and qualified referees, then absolutely, that would be it's just perfect. This, it's like a weird, just gadoosh in at the back or something. Yeah. It's a man's game, on, get up, get on. <laughs> but like, we, we actually, as spectators and as players, you want to see some football being played? Here? Yeah, it would, it would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of referees, Scott Sinclair's penalty shout. Oh, I was a bit apprehensive when I first seen it. I was like, oh, Scotty, what are you doing? But on second look, there is a clear pullback of the neck. So, uh, soft, oh, soft. Stephen disagrees. I'm going to be the referee. Stephen, let me hear your uh, point of view I here. wouldn't say as strongly as disagree. I just think, ugh, see if we conceded that, you'd be like, oh, I, yeah. I really don't know about that. The most surprising thing about it was watching Sky, Chris Boyd said it was a stone wall. Are you just are you just out there saying things? I now? think he is. Do people just remind him he's on telly and he has to just say something well, because he, it's completely against everything he, he generally says when it comes to Celtic decisions? I think uh, I think the thing about Chris Boyd is he lost all credibility a long time ago, but particularly when his own team were battling for second and he said that Rangers' January signings made them a stick on for second. <laughs> like Chris, you have got as much chance of finishing second with your team own team. As, as, as Rangers did. Is this while he was at the Rangers game, while his team were playing? Aye. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's the worst. <laughs> Speaking of worsts, you know how, I, you know, out on this podcast before, like him and Nasey and McGregor, they're all like this Barry Fett, they're all the same, they're all yeah. the same kind of, did you see McGregor in the, in the command lot game? Oh, he ran out. Uh, Aye. Absolutely. No, no, not, not oh, that one. Separately. No. So, Connor Goldson, 
absolutely wipes the guy out, right? Mm-hmm. Yellow card. Oh, yeah, sorry. Got guy. the yellow card, right? Seconds after that, McGregor runs out and boots the ball right at the guy from about eight yards, misses him. But the- <laughs> did, did he previously booked as well? I think he was booked, he was booked early on, and that's why when he ran out, when Commandant scored, he ran out and the guy just walked around him because he, he looked realized, old, man. He I, looked old. It was brilliant. He suddenly realised he can't challenge him because he'd already been booked. So he did that long after he was already been booked. And he's got a screwless, but he never gets sent <laughs> off. Anyway, another person has got a screwless, Andy Walker. Oh yeah, he uh, he dives by the way, and there ain't nothing you can do Aye. about it. For the penalty incident, yes, Chris Boyd and I think Chris Commons and James McFadden were all in agreement that it was a stonewall penalty, but. Um, Andy Walker at the time offered no opinion. He didn't bother with his his role as a pundit oh. and commentator, and just said, "Well, players should go down anyway." Oh, but that's unusual. Andy Insightful Walker, stuff. Yeah. Just boring everyone again with his <laughs> diving's fine <laughs> agenda. <laughs> never change, Andy. Please. Never, never change. But as I was saying, we had a we had a few good chances in the first half, more so than than the second. Dundee had some good chances in the game as well, though. Yeah, Scott Bain made a good save right on a, the stroke. A I have to think. Terrific save. Yeah, uh, Sinclair. Had the better of the first couple of chances in the, the first half and their keeper Dieng, I think his name was. Um, no, I'd, I'd never previously seen him. He made a couple of good saves, especially one from one where Sinclair tried to score that typical Scott Sinclair yeah. goal and tried to bend it round him into the far post. He pulled off a really a strong hand, as they say. I think that was his first start at Dens Park. Is that right? Uh, yeah. In, including when he was at, at Dundee. Um and it was the second half when Neil Lennon really sort of rung the changes, changed the formation, tried to change things up. Lucky he did make changes because we'd have nothing else to talk about. No. <laughs> <laughs> what were enough. your notes for the second half? Yeah. <laughs> I saw your tweet. I said that on Twitter. I was like, I'm just to let listeners in a wee peek behind the curtain. What I do is when I'm watching a televised game, I sit with a wee laptop next to me and make notes so I can somehow fashion that into some top insightful analysis when we turn the mics on. And I looked down at what I'd written and it was just a list of substitutions. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to turn that into anything? Um, eventually the goal did come. Yeah. 80, 96 minutes, Odson Edward, second time in as many weeks he's got us out of jail. That's right, yeah. Um, he gets, he got a lot of stick during the game, gets a lot of stick generally, people making up stories about how he's no interested, no into it. How how do you rate Odson Edwards' first season so far, Stephen, as a as a Celtic player? His first full season? Well, it's been up and down, uh, he was injured for a lot of that, but you know, the stats don't lie, he's got what, 18 goals now, yep. he's, he's Celtic's top scorer. Important goals in there as well. Big goals against big opposition. He got one against Leipzig, I think it was. Yeah. And he's scoring big goals, winners in these games as well. I just the nine million pound thing is unhelpful. I, yeah. I, that's going to follow him around, unfortunately. But ultimately, it doesn't really mean anything. We got him for free though. Do you know why? No, we bit of maths. Brendan, Brendan Rogers oh, went to yeah, Leicester. Yeah. We got nine million pound for the rat. We paid for Rods and Edward. Um, do you think that uh, merely the comparisons to Samaras, which have been doing the rounds, do you think they're fair? Uh, I think they're unfair. Samaras was a decent enough player. I think Edward will be, go on to be a much, much better player. He still, we still, because we've paid this money, because he was here last season, because he comes from abroad, you forget the age of the guy. Yeah. We want to talk about Timothy Way earlier as well, but these guys are really young. We've got a really young team, and he's, this is his only second season of playing first team football, so the guy is going to get there. Maybe just the players around him aren't helping and now the way we're playing is not helping. But when he hits form, he'll be frightening the same as Dembele was. So I think I think I've fell victim to it as well. Last week on the podcast, I said that there's like a... Uh, there's, between some Celtic fans, there's like a collective fright. Like everything that goes wrong, I was like, God, 
you know, is this, and, and I, I, I was, I was fell victim to it as well, especially watching the game yesterday. Like you said, Stephen, I thought, is this the? Are we going to let them into the? Are we going to let them into the tight race again? Yeah. Um, even just psychologically, yeah, yeah. Even just going into that international break as well. Last time it was before the winter break. This time before the international break, if they'd have won their two games, but if your granny had bars and that, <laughs> <laughs> one thing. Just, but well, lucky they're rancid. Well, that's what I was about to say. But another thing we need to take and in, crap at football and crap. At, <laughs> but one thing we need to take into consideration is Celtic's away from this year has been pretty bad all in. Yeah, yeah e- has, even yeah. under Brendan Rodgers, we have only won, including that game there, eight out of. 15 I think mm. it's the yeah. first time we've won 3 in a row is it? Is it? 3 away games in a row 3 away season? games in a row so it's in the cold light of day when everyone comes down you look at it you think well you know it was, it was a bit turgid but we got we got over there in the end and our away performance hasn't been excellent all season and Neil Lennon has a very difficult job yeah you right, know what definitely. I mean he's, he's, he's caught between a rock and a hard place he can't come in and implement his own ideas so he just has to try and copy yeah. what's been happening before which Obviously can't work. Ultimately, the, the standard of the performance was very poor, but it's not going to matter all that much no. in the in the grand scheme of things. It was it was very poor. And yes, if Neil Lennon gets a job, you will throw back to not Even next season, if if Neil Lennon's in the job full-time, people will say, oh, but there was that pish away performance. Yeah. But it's a big one to get. And 96th minute winners should be celebrated. Oh, you know, I don't, and I don't mean like Neil Lennon celebration. I just mean, if that was Man United... If it was only going to Solskjaer had pulled off a 96 minute, everybody would be shouting about it. Oh, amazing. It's Fergie time. They just they keep going. They yeah. never know when they're beaten. But yet, there's a, there was a bit of a meh about that yesterday. I, was, I, was, I wasn't meh. I was just like, I, I think the 90 minutes of crap really yes. grounded me down. Yeah, that, that's Do you true. know what I mean? And then when we scored, the TV cameras cut to him running down the touchline. But you know, you're looking back and think, God, he is, he's a Celtic fan. He's got an almost impossible task here. The stress on him must be enormous. And, and the relief, not just for us, but for Neil Lennon, because he must be thinking, I can't let Rangers back in this title race. No. It's more a, a game where you win. Sometimes you win the last minute. It's just sheer joy. Sometimes you win. And it was relief. Yesterday was more relief. It was just good getting that one, the late one. Probably deserved it overall, but the best bit for me was finishing. And I'd like to thank Stephen here. He's... Provided me with I don't know what glass. you're going to say, but you're welcome, Mel. Um, <laughs> you know, what, what is it? You've pro- provided me with a glass of Hun Tears, and it's absolutely <laughs> delicious because that wee last minute winner just sent Twitter into meltdown. Oh, so it not only did it send Twitter into meltdown, it went follow, follow. <laughs> <laughs> it sent follow, follow, and I just, just sort of st- oh, stretched my hands out and longed on to follow, follow for some delicious dessert. <laughs> And, um, Rangers media was always my favourite. I could never get any follow follow. I, I was uh, blocked. I was just, barred from there pretty early on. One of them's like, we need to move to the Welsh League. We can't stand by and get cheated <laughs> any longer. And they're like, and they're like that. The beggars get six minutes. When do we ever get six minutes? You get five against yeah. Kilmarnock at home, and the game was actually finished on the sixth minute. Um, but speaking to Rangers, obviously they dropped points again to Kilmarnock at home. Could and see that it, coming as well. Could you? You could, and uh, unusually for Steven Gerrard after the match something that he's never done before. Stephen, he threw his players right under the bus. No way. Uh, I, he, I refuse to believe that, James. You're going to have to back that up with some some quotes here. Well, we, uh, I refuse to believe that Stephen Gerrard would dare say that he takes responsibility, but yet also blame the players. That's exactly what he done, right. mate. <laughs> oh, what, no way. <laughs> oh, shit. What he done was, I said, obviously I feel, take full responsibility and then went and machine gunned his entire <laughs> squad for being pish at football. Um, Steve Clark at it again, brother, though. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, another... Crucial point for them. Um, Rangers 
that's the thing. We sat here just a few weeks ago and worked out that all Celtic need to do to win the league is not lose three games. And yeah. even at that was in the conceit that Rangers are going to win yeah. every game. Let's assume Rangers are going to win every game, which they are clearly no. not going to do. Uh, somebody somebody put the stat up on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, and I can't remember it, so this is almost worth editing out, Stephen. <laughs> but, um, uh, but I think Rangers have only won four games or something. In the, from the t- Basically, their, their record against the top six mm. is abysmal. They're, they're taking points off everyone in the bottom six, but the top six is abysmal. Yeah. So after the split, they're going to have a right hard time of it. They will be up for it against us, though. Oh, definitely, yeah. That's and, and, our next and, game, of course. And Yeah, our next game. And we need to really pick our performance up, Melee, from from the Dundee game. Because Rangers will be bang up for it, and, and our performance levels have, have dropped. Yeah, we, we can't be doing the sloppy passing again because we're going to be at Celtic Park. We, we need to get the crowd behind us. So it's been a bit of a problem. I feel recently that we've not really... The players haven't done anything to get the crowd behind them. Mm. They need to do that early on in this game. We really were crying out for a number 10 in there. I don't know who's going to be back. I think Beaton, Rogic, Christie might all be available, but... Benkovic will be back. He can start three players that are just back from injury in the centre midfield so we'll see Did you Stephen think it was strange that at one point in the game all three attackers that we had signed in January were chasing a goal none of them managed to get onto the pitch Yeah I did Um, yeah because they were all big signings well well, Bio uh, less so he's barely played but again it was a significant signing why bother signing a guy for two million in January and then just never playing him I know you could say he's a project and all that but that's that's not really what we want here I know that's the thing Timothy Ware, though, is a is a strange one as it stands because it's kind of looking like all those lazy comparisons to Charlie Musonda actually might be accidentally quite accurate. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, I don't <laughs> know for Musonda levels yet, Melly, but I mean, he's certainly from exploding on the scene as and when he did. He's, he's not really continued that yeah. form. No, he's not. the The time for Timothy Ware was probably at the start of. The, when we came back from January where he had the home games playing at home games but this is his second manager that's not thrown him in yeah. from the start and even when we need a goal it's not the first sub we turn to but again the guy is 18 is maybe even just turned 19 recently he is young if we're saying we shouldn't be throwing Mikey Johnson into these games you can't really be saying throw away in I know he comes with a bit more pedigree but we need to remember the age of the guy. I still think it's getting a bit worrying because it's getting to the point like, when can he play? Because we've got a cup semi-final. Yeah. If we win that, we're in a final. And we're going to need to win the next few games and get this league one. Don't care about any of that, Melly. I don't care about your reason. I'm bringing out a big red rubber flop stamp oh. and putting it right on Timothy Weir's hey. forehead. Bang, yeah. flop. Is that what we're getting? So you, you'll write off him, but you're still holding on to Gamby after all this time. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the game finished 1-0. Uh, we did score six minutes. That was A lot was made of the six minutes at the time. Do you think it was fair, Stephen? Oh, yeah. Well, there was several injuries and substitutions. I think it, it made perfect sense. And that, that was, goal, a head, was there a head knocked out? Yeah, of yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't gone back and measured it out. I'm sure several Huns have, though, yes. sitting there with the stop clock <laughs> watching the telly. But, um, that, it, it seemed to make sense. I was surprised at the time. I hadn't really yeah. worked out in my head. But, but, Basically, I had stopped paying attention in the second half, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was surprised when six came up and I thought, good, more chances to score here and bad, we've got another six minutes of this. Aye. Uh, Jim McIntyre came out with some enlightening comments. He said, we never get six minutes. Mm. Jim, you got the same six minutes that Celtic got. <laughs> yeah. <that's right. laughs> that was your six minutes too. 
But that goal, we, we talk about the Hunsell, that goal changes everything because, as we said, you don't want to be even letting them just get a, a little glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. You don't want to be giving them anything at this stage of the season. And if we'd done that two weeks in a row, nothing each draws. The next game is against them. They've got a chance to cut it to five going into the split. You don't, you really yeah. don't want that. And that goal has just blown that out they of the water. They have now. made a complete arse of this season. Oh, they a have. Complete, look at everything that Celtic have gone through. I'm not going to give you the full story. All the way back to the summer, the mis- absolute mess of that transfer window, yep. losing our best player on the last day, muddling through to January and having almost the same mess in January, then our manager leaving mid-season, the, the injuries that we've had to Benkovic and Rogic and a lot of our best players, Lee Griffiths, yeah. who, who, whatever you think of Lee Griffiths, he's a goal scorer, he's not been seen for months and months yep. and months. If you take Steven Gerrard and you give him all the money you've given him, He's had every advantage with a Celtic team, every advantage to do something, and he's going to end up double figures behind us again. Well, he's benefited massively from Celtic having a poor start to the season, Aberdeen being really inconsistent at yeah. the start of the season as well. If it wasn't for that, they would be right on their tails and probably pushing for second as well. Kamarnock going through quite a dodgy spell until recently when they've started getting points again. They're benefiting massively from that. If it wasn't for... Celtic having such a crap start to the season serious questions would have been asked yeah. Stephen Gerrard at the moment I'm not sure how again it doesn't really matter I know people tend to go for the oh the points versus this time under Warburton you know, every season's different those things don't really matter but I'd be interested in this case to see how he's measuring up against other Rangers managers because I bet yeah I, yeah I bet it's not favourable he's not done great but he got them into Europe so that's his get out of jail card, I suppose yeah. yeah Celtic we have recently had the three late goals which have got us out of jail, but the game ends when the ref blows the whistle. We keep going and we've got that bit of quality. We've got Forrest, I think he's got 16 or 17. Yeah. Sinclair's stuck on 17. <laughs> and Edward's got 18 goals. That's a lot of goals from your front three and they've not all played together a lot, but the goal was just a, that one bit of quality in the game. Look, Forrest, he gives away a poor pass, but when he receives the ball in, and he just glides it past the guy yeah. and he's got the composure to cut that back. Yeah, that was a terrific cut back. If it's up the other end of the pitch, their player doesn't cut that back or the guy that plays it miss kicks it or something. We've just got that quality to do that, the composure to do it in the last minute. Edward had work to do. Everyone knows I love a tap-in and all that as well, but it wasn't an empty net by no, any no. means. It was bodies flying everywhere and he, he kept his cam and just slotted it away perfectly. Um, I said after the game um, that probably unfairly that... Neil Lennon after the performances he's had four games one draw three right out of jails uh, sort of says that uh, I don't think he should be he should be in line for the manager's job now we're not going to bring this up every week no but, well, that's, that's exactly what I said yeah. remember when he, he came in I don't want the Willie won't he circus yeah. every you week you weren't talking yeah. about this podcast you were just talking about yeah, in, generally in general yeah um, but we're a month in Let's have a month review. All I want to know is, is uh, on the basis of the last month, has Neil Lennon strengthened or weakened his case for the full-time position, Stephen? If not for that goal, I would have said greatly weakened. I think mm. if he'd drawn nothing each twice in a row, I think it would have been very difficult to come back from. But you know, goals change everything, and that's exactly what that did. I don't think these performances have confirmed anything for me one way or the other. No. I don't think it's a case of he has to go or he has to stay. I think it's three three away wins. Out of four games is, is not to be sneezed at, though. That's important because, as you said earlier, um, the away form has been you know, very poor this season. Strengthened or weakened, Melly? I'd say it's probably just stayed the same. The performances haven't been great, but at the same time, can we expect him to raise the game? We were playing very well. It's maybe dropped off a little bit, but 
that's ex- that's understandable with, with what's happened. It's just yeah. been a, a bit of a whirlwind. And at the end of the day, we've got the wins and it's been three tough away games, not just away games, yeah. and Aberdeen that's some of the hardest games you could get. In his first five games, he'll play Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen and Rangers. That's a tough tough task for anyone. That's a, For me, strength. I think he's strengthened us. Oh. To come in, to come in and not not lose the games and and do what he's done, I think he's strengthened this case. I will always wonder though if if Brendan Rodgers had left at the end of the season in the normal fashion, would anyone even suggest Neil Lennon for the manager's job? No, probably not. I I, I, I do wonder that. So as uh, as Neil Lennon stretches the lead to ten points, um, it's done now. Into Stephen game set and match. Well, yeah, definitely. As I said, we we had to just avoid losing three games. That is further down the field now. We just we need to avoid losing four games in yeah. the last what we got eight. eight. No, no, not not a chance. I'd be astonished if Celtic managed to let it slip from there. And as I said, Rangers are not going to win every game. No, Do you think they're going to win in our next league game? Though, how worried are you about that one? Uh not particularly. They're they're just not very good. I've I've tried to give them the benefit of the doubt at various points of this season, and I, I just I don't see anything in them. No. In all honesty, I think as as I've already said, I think they've benefited massively from an awful lot of luck elsewhere this season. I, you don't get to second in the league purely on luck, but no. I think Aberdeen and Kilmarnock's various inconsistencies have contributed plus massively. The money, plus the money, they've got the yeah, second yeah. best squad in the league. Um, the only thing, as I said, the only thing that worries me about them is is how up for it they were at Ibrox. But that's Ibrox, that's a different proposition. Yeah. Uh, and the level of performance that Lenny's been getting recently. Melly, is it one is the league over and two? What, what do you think of Rangers company, I Celtic Park in a couple of weeks? Uh, if we beat them, it's definitely over. It should be. If we avoid defeat, it's as good as over. But they're pish. They are. They're pish. Yeah. And they, again, if we get beat by them, it will be down to our own fault rather than mm. them. I've not really seen too much of them, but it just seems like a bit like maybe sometimes in Ronnie Dyla's tenure, I thought we won games because we had better players, not necessarily because we played better. We yeah. just had the, the players that were able to break them down. And I think that's Rangers. They've just got better players than the rest of the teams and they just find a way. A, a, a little bit like Celtic at the weekend. There was no style. There's mm, no style yeah. to their play. I don't know what sort of team they are, what what way they play they just seem to get results or don't get results like they have been doing a lot recently but it says more for us that we're going into this game maybe a wee bit worried about it and Rangers haven't won their last three games they've yeah. been beaten in that as well pumped out the cup by Aberdeen at Ibrox we should be we should be going into this full of confidence and if Brendan Rodgers was the manager we probably would be so hopefully Lenny can get this one won and lord it up in front of them doing the top <laughs> I suppose if there is a game, Neil Lennon's going to be up for it. It's oh, going to be up for this one. Melly touched on it. They did get pumped out the cup by Aberdeen. We've got Aberdeen next. What game worries you more? Rangers or Aberdeen? Uh, probably. I don't want to just do the, the Timmy thing there and say yeah. Aberdeen. Rangers will be a tough game because, they, as I said, they will be up for it. Um, saw off Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> um, they'll, they'll both be tough games. I think Rangers won... Is the it's the most inconsequential? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we could afford to lose it. You never ever want to lose to, to Rangers under any mm. circumstances, particularly not at home. But I just now that that ten points has been has been secured, I just I don't see I don't see any way back for them. They can be motivated for this, but at the same time, the the circumstances were different when we played them last. 
how often can Gerard keep going back to the well with this? My players aren't a good enough thing yeah. and still keep getting performances out of them. Celtic al- allowed them to do that when they played in December. They they gave them everything. They they let the crowd get into the game in the first couple of minutes yeah. by letting them kind of dominate. It, it just it's going to be completely different on this occasion. But Aberdeen despite being a class below Rangers. <laughs> How many times have... They've now lost to them three times. <laughs> Rangers have lost to Aberdeen three times in Glasgow for the first time ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wait, I mean, McInnes must love that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, we, right at the beginning of the season, I thought we were a class above Aberdeen today. <laughs> we, uh, we Stevie, getting the dig in. Not yeah. beat them since. Aye, it's, cl- it's clear who the better team have been this season. It's been, it's been Aberdeen. Is Derek McInnes the manager of the year so far? Because it... it Sure as shit ain't Lennon, Rogers, or Gerard. I think it's I think it's his to lose to Steve Clark, depending right. on where Steve Clark finishes in the league. Yeah, that's it, true. Tell you what, if 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 Derek McInnes beats us at Hamden, which I don't think he'll do, no. but he, he'll be manager of the year. Imagine that. Imagine, <laughs> I mean he's been he's on the he's been on the cusp of it. What you could have won Rangers, eh? What uh, you could have <laughs> I know, I know. Oh that's right, I completely forgot yeah, that. Yeah, turned them down. They turned them down and got Stevie G instead. He turned them down. He turned them down. You're quite right. He turned them down. Anyway, Celtic Aberdeen. This is the this is what sits in the balance. The treble, treble. Um, well, how many times may have we played Aberdeen at Hamden in recent years? The two finals in the Cup Invincible season. Cup final this year. It was Motherwell in between, isn't it? With the finals, yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a familiar fixture at Hamden in the last couple of years. Speaking of Hamden cups and trebles, Stephen, it was kind of on this day as we recorded it. It is absolutely on this day. On this day, eighteen years ago, was uh, Martin O'Neill's first trophy as Celtic manager, a three 0 victory over Kilmarnock at Hamden. And eighteen years. That's depressing. Oh, man. Eighteen years. It is depressing actually. <laughs> you see, I watched there's a there's a forty five minute highlight package of it on YouTube. It's well worth a watch. Um I watched it earlier today and it, it is equally brilliant and depressing at the same time because you see Wee Henrik scoring a hat trick. I still still miss him. Yeah. <laughs> that that never really fully goes, does it? No, never. <laughs> you just want that. What's that meme? The big guy green. Oh, I just, feel like <laughs> just, just, just want her back. <laughs> just want Henrik back. <laughs> Melly, what your memories of the day? Uh, I remember it uh, very vividly. With a lot of injuries, I think. I think Didier Gatt must have been cup tied. McNamara couldn't play. Douglas Alan, Douglas Alan, was cup tied yeah, as well, and Thompson I think was suspended. Yeah, he sent off in yeah. the semi final against the Huns, so a bit depleted. Brought in some of the young guns. For people say Martin O'Neill didn't give youngsters a chance. He'd Craney played in this. Colin Healy played in this. Colin Jamie Healy was Smith great. Yeah, up. Colin Healy played as a sort of right wing back in yep. the place of a guy. Craney didn't start the game. He came on for Bobby Petter after ten minutes after he got kicked up and down the pitch and had to go <laughs> off injured. Is it honestly ridiculous? What like, do you expect? Look at the commander team. It's full of hunts. Yeah, Gus McPherson. <laughs> Gus McPherson <laughs> does Bobby Petter after about three minutes. Durant plays. Ali's Ali's in the bench. Ali's well. an unused sub. Freddie Dandalu. Christoph Cockard, Gordon Marshall between the sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Marshall, that's right. But it's, it's great to watch this this thing. As I say, it's a wee bit depressing when you see Moravchik and Larson strutting their stuff. But at the same time, it's 18 years on, it is remarkable just how much football has changed because see some of the tackles. And just just 18 years ago, mm. it's just completely different. Was that was that Larson's golden boot season? Yeah. It, there's those, the hat trick in this game was his 45th, 46th and 47th of the season. <laughs> <laughs> he only, well, he would have had a lot more games to go and he 
we only got say he's only got what fifty three goals, but I thought he could have got a lot more. Yeah, than pathetic <laughs> six goals <laughs> between slug. them. Whilst uh, a little slug, <laughs> fifty three goals. Uh, the first goal, uh, he just finds space in the box every time. It's a ball swung in, it drops to him, and he does an overhead kick. Oh, big, uh, big Ramon Vega. He was causing all sorts of panic in the box. He no was, wonder. he was the original, the threat <laughs> from from centre and half. He chests it. He kind of chests it into midair, and Larson just turns and hooks it in the goal. Well, he had that one little fumble. Apart from that, he's been quite excellent. They're all in there, it's in. Larson's done it. The dirt block has been broken. Inevitably, the man scoring his 45th goal of the season. And Hamden erupts in green and white as the Swedish international, in a congested goal mark, finds a space to put it away. Well, once again... For Celtic, it's happened so often this season. We've got the breakthrough from a set piece, it was a short corner, but Avchik put in a good ball, the, the big bodies can pile in, and as usual, Henrik Larsson right on his toes there, still a bit to do, gets his body turned and puts it into the bottom corner, giving Gordon Marshall no chance. With Nialbi, Valharan and Vega in there, Sutton was in there as well. Sutton then gets sent off, I forgot he gets sent off to... Straight red. Oh, it was Hugh Dallas was the ref, but... Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah, uh, and the, both teams were wearing their away strip as well. Ah, that was a yellow one. that yellow one's a cracker. Uh, ah, that was a strange one, um, wearing, both wearing away strips in a, a cup final. What, speaking of away strips, Stephen, what is that you're wearing? That's oh, an yes. absolute cracker you're wearing at the moment. Well, I was wondering when one of you would... <laughs> wearing, uh, yes, I'm, I'm currently wearing the uh, 1992 away strip. Um, that is the one with the... Sort of very, very dark green. Yeah, like slightly, emerald green. Yeah, slightly lighter green and white pinstripes going down it. 1992. Mm. No sponsor. No, we no, We couldn't no even sponsor. get our self together no. <laughs> um, to get a sponsor. Well, down to 10 men, but didn't stop the hoops. No. Just went with Larson up front, and that's like having three up front. <laughs> <laughs> the second goal was a bit fortunate. Balls played over by Miravchik, I think. He just, he's just watching the two of them back. Like, they're just picking balls out. Trapping balls instantly, it's just brilliant to watch. He plays a ball over it, loops over God Marshall with his stupid cap on in the net. Here's Maravchik. Henrik Larson was screaming for it, but he let fly. He does, he's done it again. Quite amazing the way he took that. And with great elegance and precision, just lighted that ball, bit through the nails, into the back of the net. He gets the aid of a deflection. That's a ball played to him. He's left on his own. Scooped it up, and unfortunately for Chris Innes, off his foot into the back of the net. And uh, neither Celtic nor the supporters will be worried about the enough. But it's the third goal that is oh, an absolute. He gets the ball basically in the halfway line, powers past, Marshall comes out and he just rolls his foot over the ball and he just goes down like a ton of bricks. <laughs> he oh. actually sold me that dummy as well watching it because I thought, thinking back, it was set up to be the absolute typical Larson goal. See that one where he just bends it into the far corner? It looks as if he was going to do that and then at the last second he just shimmies, rolls the ball and, and sticks it under. Uh, but <laughs> tremendous. Poor Gordon Marshall. No. <laughs> He gave me enough horror yeah. shows in my day, so he deserves this. Larson goes away again. This could be the hat trick coming up. It is. He 
did that beautifully eventually. All the length of the field, he didn't panic. There's many a prayer would have stumbled or lost his conviction, leaving McGowan for dead, and then watch this little deception there before tucking it away. Well, if there's an element of luck about his second goal, there's certainly no element of luck there. He's run half the, the length of the pitch, an absolutely magnificent composure when he gets in there. Gordon Marshall has come out just at the right time to try and narrow the angle and force him into shooting. He just rolled his foot over the top of the ball, took it to his left and rolled it into the empty net. A fitting goal for a cup final. It was a good good win, first trophy O'Neill's. Semi-final was an absolute cracker as well. No, Midweek no. game at Hamden, pumped the Huns. And then we beat him a couple of days later in the league, didn't we? That was a shame game as well, the, the semi-final was no, three, three sendings off. That's yeah. right. Claudio Reyna was sent off and then in the, the fight that broke out afterwards, Maravchik and Michael Moles were both sent off as well. Yeah, I'll just give you like, even some of the highlights of the Rangers team, just to highlight what they were spending and what kind of team they could put together. The semi-final, the guys like Kloss, Conterman, yeah, Conterman wasn't that great, mm. but two guy, what a player he was. Arthur Newman, Claudio Reyna, Barry Ferguson, Alberts, Tori Andre Flo, the 12 million <laughs> signing. We, we nail him again. Oh, um, but also Bob Malcolm and Scott Wilson so yeah oh, Bob, yeah, FTP, Bob FTP Malcolm nice cream man um, speaking of top class strikers Stephen Celtic were linked with another one this week 35 year old hotshot Darren Bent Celtic yeah. were linked with oh, well he linked sh- he linked himself he said <laughs> well he linked himself to Celtic I linked yeah. myself with the Celtic manager's job <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he linked himself with Celtic but also curiously and Rangers yeah. So he, he said he'd quite like to play for Celtic or Rangers, which shows to me, Darren, that you don't really get it, do you? <laughs> Doesn't he get it? No. How many uh, Darren Bent trivia? How many Premier League teams has Darren Bent scored for? Three. No. Five. Five. Oh. Correct. Just uh, it was quite reminiscent. I I just get I just get so offended when these sort of washed up players from down south link themselves. I don't care when they do it to Rangers, but when they do it to Celtic, like, you've got no idea. No, you've got no idea the level Celtic operate now. It's an absolute stone wall. Rangers signing though, oh. that that reeks of Rangers signing a 35-year-old Darren Bent. Remember would never sign an ex-England international striker that's barely scored in years. I mean, who do you think it is, Captain Cole? <laughs> <laughs> um, more Celtic transfer news. Chris Sutton, an ex-England international striker there, Melly. Good link. Um, they should sign, Celtic should sign the best defender in the country, Scott McKenna. He's oh. correct on one out of two points there. Scott McKenna probably is the best defender in the country at the moment. Yeah. I, I, or who's that we guy that plays for Kilmarnock, though? He used to play for Finley. us. Stuart Finlay. Stuart Finlay. Yeah, 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 I, I think as Scott McKenna, I don't, I don't know. I'm still undecided on this. I said on a recent episode of Melly at the Match that I'd watched... Scott McKenna quite closely playing for Aberdeen and I just I'm still not that impressed with no. him. He is he's a solid, competent and often good defender. But Aberdeen his instructions are very different to what it would be like under Celtic. Yeah. But because all he does is just punt the ball in the, the direction he's facing. He just He can't you know, pass it. He can't no, pass it. I'm, he's, not, he's, I'm he's, not sure. I'm unconvinced on I any think, of his attributes I, in that respect. I think that Findlay's a better player. Yeah. I think I think he's the better oh, player. I don't know about that. You don't think so? No, Scott McKenna's decent enough. I don't really see him much apart from when he plays against Celtic, but I'll maybe watch, put myself through the Scotland games this week and see how he gets on, but I don't know why to sign him. Even with the money we're getting quoted, it's far too much yeah. for a good one like that. It is far too good. good. <laughs> it is far too much. Melly said it, international break, Stephen. Don't care. No. <laughs> Any other business. Um, I suppose we, I suppose we should wrap it up there. Um, 
Can I, after the success of last week's um, episode, can can I finish on an inspirational quote again? Is it, is it about mince? No, it's not about mince. After the smell the mince um, <laughs> edition last week, I thought I would once again end the podcast on an inspirational quote from just a figure in the world of football. Oh, right. you know, just There's no pattern to it. I just pick an inspirational figure from the world of football and quote him. <clears throat> Silence, please. I use a quote with the players, per aspera ad astra, which is Latin for through adversity to the stars. More of those next week. Um, <laughs> Who's him? Who, who said that? Brendan Lightyear there. <laughs> <laughs> just because two of them have been from Brendan Rodgers doesn't mean they're always going to be from Brendan Rodgers. Can I just, is this just something that I should add to the, the weekly agenda yeah, yeah, every, yeah. every single week? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and on that bombshell, we will end. Um, thank you for listening. Thanks to everyone who tweets us and leaves reviews and sends messages. Um, thanks to all you guys who contribute and listen to the Patreon. This week on the Patreon, we had an interview with Ronnie Dyla. We have the O'Neill Years, which will be coming out next week. Yeah, we that was pushed back a bit because of the, the rat leaving that kind of threw the plans into disarray. But rest assured, the O'Neill Years will be back with you very soon. Uh, Stephen, did everyone update their addresses on Patreon? I hope so. I hope because so. the mugs are coming out this That's week. Right, yeah. The mugs will start dropping in the next couple of days. They won't be dropping. That's disastrous. They won't be dropping. <laughs> they will be gently placed through your letterbox in the next couple of days. Um, if you would like to get involved in the Patreon, you can check that out at patreon.com slash 20 minute tims otherwise thanks for listening a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.